Yes, we are live with Andy Yang. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Andy, to the Shangri La. Thank you very much. Us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you tell us that track we just played? You called it Mundane. What's it about, and where did it come from? Oh, um, all right. The, the track Mundane. Um, it was made for one of my friends, Isam Rahman's uh, project. Um, he was doing um, a video project mm. which featured like um, quite a lot of like this like, really uh, mundane, literally mundane <laughs> like um, uh, like characters mm. doing their everyday um, uh, activities and all. So I, I just played along to it and just like um, feeding off like from the video mm. uh, of the feel of it. Yeah, so that's, that's how it came about. So yes. it felt like really calm and you know hints of uh, anxiety here and there mm. but yeah it's still a, uh, it's still a very calming piece yeah you know in in uh, creative work right I noticed that you straddle a few different roles or uh, different how do you say medium or ex- forms of expression right you yeah. are a musician yes, yes you also came from a background in advertising yes. in design and advertising yeah. and then you decided to abandon advertising and become an artist. I don't know, you know, how that happened. Uh, can you tell us how each of these uh, practices like feed your painting practice, which, okay. which now you are, I think, uh, really, really quite focused on. Yeah. 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 So yeah, actually, it wasn't like really much of an abandon. Mm. Like, so it's like a transition it was like a very smooth transition it was just like um, because uh, I was doing a lot of commercial work mm. and then uh, doing a lot of commercial illustrations mm. and uh, because I was a trained illustrator so mm. all the drawing techniques and, and painting techniques uh, I had to learn from uh, you know the, the classical painters and and uh, was trained that way mm. but the thing is then uh, halfway in the middle like um after I was doing advertising, it was like uh, it felt like kind of empty because mm. it wasn't you know just looking for myself. I just you know uh, it always good. It's always easier to have a brief yeah. and to and to work uh, for what somebody wants. Mm. But when I, then I figured out that you know when I started to look for my my own like uh, uh, voice, mm. I just couldn't. It was just so difficult. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna mm. like drop mm. everything for a while, you know, go for sabbatical for mm. a while and, and start to paint my own. I'm gonna paint, I'm gonna do work that is Andy Young. Mm. And started to do it. When did this start? Yeah. When did you start to move into making your own creations? Your I think own? it was like easily like 16, 16 years ago. 16 mm. years. Yeah, about 16 years ago, yeah. <laughs> but I still do commercial work now because uh, I find that the, the technical parts uh, like of uh, sort of like uh, achieving a brief, mm. what the brief wants, um, it sharpens my technical skills. Right. So yeah, be it like digital or, or traditional medium. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And can you tell me maybe specific to advertising, what's the difference you found, you know, I think we once had a conversation where you said an ad is an extraction of all these key concepts of pop culture kind of put into a campaign, easy consumption, you know, quick absorption. And then for art, it's the other way around where there's so much room for kind of research and development and thought. What yes. Uh, okay. Because uh, that's what I found out was, uh, what I found out was because 
before every every job starts like for for advertising right, we always have a mood board mm. and then we have a direction art direction from the creative directors and all from the creative team itself so what i noticed was there's always this mood board um most of it will will have like references from um, the past masters mm. or even like all the past like uh pop culture and, mm. and, and all those like pop art mm. and like for instance there was once uh, I was given a Caravaggio mm. <laughs> a reference like uh, you know oh. could you do this Caravaggio style mm. but you know uh, we had to sell it in a way that it's uh, easier for for the general public mm. to accept because it's an ad mm. we are still like mm. selling something mm. yeah so it's um, so that's what I found out that you know this is actually like um, distilling like the the Actual art pieces in the bite size, like um, mm. like uh, public friendly. Like, is it distilling, or sometimes do you feel like it's dumping down? It's I think it's, <laughs> it's a bit dumping down. Yeah, so if you, I think if let's say if you put like a a Rothko or something, yeah. people would just without any explanation yeah. or, or or any purpose to it, people mm. would just think it's like uh, you know. What's the field painting? Mm. For me, yeah. when when I was uh, starting out as an artist, right, as an art student that time, yeah. one of the uh, appropriated uh, artworks that I see around everywhere was by was used by L'Oreal, mm. and this was the based on the paintings of Mondrian. Yeah, you know, like it's everywhere. Everybody uses it. It's in yeah. advertising, yeah. but I doubt if you know many people know. It's reference, you know, yes, where it yes. came, even for something as simple as that. You yeah, know? yeah. So sometimes it it does not mean that when you appropriate art for the sake of advertising, that people actually recognize. Yeah. The art, unless the art or the artist is somebody like Picasso or Salvador Dali mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But so, for works like Basket and mm, Keith Herring, it's it easily you know, borders mm. between commercial and, and yeah, fine yeah. art. Yeah. So, so it's uh, it's one of those like uh, it depends on the style as well. Yeah. Overall, even because yeah, overall. early works, you know, he he made works <coughs> specifically for commercial yes, purposes. Yes, yes, yes. Super factory or super. How about you? I mean, as an artist, when you do, you have this conundrum when you paint. Like, you know, it is very difficult. I think for an artist to <coughs> juggle between making an artwork. For art sake, right? For for yeah, for yeah. whatever he or she wants to express, and yeah. then also when you have at the back of your mind that okay, this is how I make my living, and I need to do something that you know probably can get sold. You know, like the practical side of things. However, the, how does it happen for you? Or, okay, or, this this uh, <laughs> this brings me to a very funny story. Okay, because uh, remember earlier on when I said I went on a sabbatical mm-hmm. to like I want to find Andy Young. Mm. So I went on to get oil paints, mm. acrylic, and started to paint. And I finished about like four or five paintings. Then I look back, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, it's like my last commercial job. Mm. I couldn't find myself." <laughs> so it took me a while to, mm. to actually go through like um, a few kind of uh, a few transitions and uh, so many failed attempts mm. to find myself before I could really segregate my commercial mind mm. and the fine art mind that I was supposed mm. to bring back from my early days because uh, because I was trained uh, uh, in like uh, in um, graphic design but uh, mm. yeah. at that time when I was trained in graphic design right mm. 
there wasn't much technology then. Mm, so yeah. Apple were like LT2, yeah, LT3, yeah. and the Mac yeah. Classic, and you had to wait like really long yeah. for the Photoshop to load yeah. in and those things. Yeah. So we were all like, uh, we learned to draw and paint, even when it was graphic design, yeah, yeah. everything had to be hand yeah. hand drawn and hand painted. So even I remember at that time, some of my friends who did graphic design to lay out type. You know, like to lay yeah, out yeah. text, right? Yes, yes. You actually had to photocopy a book with all the different fonts, cut out the letter yes, one yes. by one, paste them, glue, and then after the photocopy, and then clean up the... Yes, <laughs> then yes. Photocopy again. Yeah. <laughs> then we had this like a... Uh, called Omnichrome machine. Yeah. It's like you had to go if through you want this color. like heat treatment. Heat treatment. Uh, it's transfer. Like, a, like, like a iron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this transfers color to, to your... Yeah. You know, your, your photocopy. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, it took quite a while for me to segregate uh, my commercial side mm. and my fine art side. So, mm. you know, after reading um, quite extensively as well during that time. Mm. So I so regretted that I slept during art history. <laughs> you, know, when, you know, when I was, when I was in college. So it was like, yeah. So I was just like uh, catching up all the reading and mm. all. And uh, how about the music? Because we just, you know, listen to that music. And I mean, you, you told us what mm. it is going to be used for. How do you work with music now since you are also painting? Okay, music has been a big part of uh, what I do even uh, even right, right from the start. Like, mm. um, in fact, I was playing uh, before even I was like painting and all. Mm. I was like, doing a lot of drawing. And, but then... Uh, there was it was always there. It was only like when I was looking for uh, the the fine art part the, to get back the fine art part back uh, part of me back again. I noticed that I am quite restless, and I always mm. have musical instruments around mm. right. along with my drawing and and painting mm. equipment. Yeah. So if it's uh, if I'm painting or I'm drawing halfway, um, then I feel like uh, you know I'm stuck in a rut. Mm. when I can't move on I'll just okay I'll just stop doing that mm. and I'll just go and fiddle with some like uh, some music musical mm. instruments and all then come back to it mm. so it's more like a lubricant mm. it's like a lubricant that uh, that helps the the thinking part creating mm. process part but yeah. at the same time you don't just fiddle around with music right? you actually play in concerts and yes, yes, and yes I do, I do, so it's yeah. actually serious I don't think it's just to relax to yeah to yeah. spend time between painting yeah. yeah but initially it was that way but then um, then I started to um, play in bands mm-hmm. and then recording started to get really serious then yeah. I started to learn like you know how things are being recorded properly mm-hmm. and started to learn how like sound really is is really a big part of uh, uh, of uh, art mm. itself yeah mm. so then I started helping out like uh, friends and mm. all in, in, in trying to uh, to, uh, to trying to uh, help sort of like uh, achieve what they're trying to achieve like mm. through, through music yeah so it, it became like it got kind of serious into it. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah so it's not really just playing music but also composing you know yes right? yes yes yeah. same as you know you would do with any other artwork whether it's sculpture or painting or yes yes it does so like it that. is like um, because you have parts of uh, like you start like maybe like even painting you start with a base mm. then you start to build upon it mm. and you start mm. to craft it mm. so then I discovered that you know the the normal 
three to four minute kind of pop songs mm. uh, structure wasn't really for me. Mm. So and uh, the improvisation bit um, was more for me because I could like do it like I'm painting. Mm. But you were yeah. okay. I can't remember the name of the band. But you were in a local band. Yes, yes. Right? I was. What, I was, what, what, uh, I was with. Uh, I was. I was with Concave Scream, yeah. Concave Scream? Yeah, not a not famous band. No. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google Concave Scream. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot my apologies. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you gave me this very mysterious title for your segment, which was Making an Island for Yourself. Yeah. And, and what were you thinking about when you coined that phrase? Um, I, I always felt that... Um, as much as we are part of a family or a network of friends or anything, at the end of the day, we are always alone. Mm. If you notice that, um, you know, whatever it is, even if you are traveling, or you find that there are some crucial decisions which you can share with a lot of people, but at the end of the day, the decision lies with you. Yeah. So most of the time, it's it's about you. And mm. of course, you, you are in a society or, you know, you you do cooperate with other people, but mm. most of the time you're alone. Mm. So actually, like um, even if you are married uh, with a spouse, or anything, mm. you you need to do quite a lot of things. Mm. Yeah, and to be part of a unit. With yeah. that um, state of solitude, I mean, there's loneliness. I'm yeah, sure, right? Yeah. What? How do you normally? Would you go very low and then have to do something to get yourself out of it, or do you have a routine that kind of keeps you? Quite um, yeah, productive. Yeah, time, that, that's you know? another part of the the island part as well. You know, yeah. you you have to make your own island, mm. and you have to upkeep it as well. Mm. So you can't go too low. Yeah, you know, if you go too low, some people go too low, then they they start to be negative about things. They mm. don't move on to do things. Then if you don't move on, move on to do things, and if you don't like uh like move forward. Even if it's making a mistake, you won't be going forward. You'll always be stagnant. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, because uh, there are some people who think that, you know, it was, it's very critical about everything that everyone does. Mm-hmm. And uh, up to a point that they don't do anything themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you, yeah, you know, met people like that. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> then at the end of the day, because, you know, because you look at time, it's not very long. Mm-hmm. All of us have this, it's a very short time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, because I'm at a stage where I notice that, oh, you know, you, you better buck up because, uh, you know, there is, uh, you're halfway through uh, life, and, mm. you know. So, I'm just practically, like, painting and also, like, branding myself. Mm. Yeah, mm. So, it's, when you're branding, um, a lot of people don't uh, don't realize that the importance of branding. Mm. Yeah. Because even as a, as a person, you know, are you a good person mm. or are you a, you know, a, a cooperative person or anything mm. These are the things that uh, uh, that make you right. uh, that, that people remember you by and, and mm. all. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think even for us, you know, like as uh, as Chan and Ori, you know, we get told every now and then, you know, the people's impression of us. And for me personally, I always like, you know, don't really want to believe, you know, because uh, sometimes it sounds too good to be true. Or it sounds yeah. like I feel like I'm just doing what needs to be done or what I feel, mm-hmm. you know, matters. Uh, but yeah, and then we've learned, I think, over time to embrace it, embrace what 
yeah. positive things people think of us and then like use that to push on you know further even though for example this podcast right <laughs> we have never done this before yeah we are total newbies with this you know you might if you've been following you might have been listening to all the technical errors that we've been making but we do it and we, we want to have these conversations you know with yeah, people yeah. So, so this is exactly what I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting at it's yeah. like you know if you didn't if you didn't go through this right mm. you won't be on the next stage mm-hmm. and if you're just like um, sitting back and all you know people are going to judge me mm. you know we are so gorilla and mm. you know it's but then you know you just you, you let's say if I stop playing like uh, okay because you know when you play on stage right mm. uh, live as much as you can practice, right? Mm. Sometimes it's because of nerves or anything, you yeah. miss a note or something, mm. don't bump note or anything, and mm. you're like, oh my god, then you're mm. like, um, you know, I think people will judge me and mm. all that. <laughs> then you stop, totally stop playing. Yeah. Then you yeah. won't develop. Yeah, yeah, you won't develop. Then it's, 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 it's sad. Like. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, like friends who, who are just like that, even yeah. for like, for art. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I, I just got like, told off, you know, yeah. that uh, I'm not good enough or anything. Yeah. You know, you just like. But who is really home. good enough? You know, yeah, it's all relative, yeah, right? Like yeah, good enough yeah. for whom and for what? And yes, for, exactly. Yeah. yeah, even the superstars of the art world, I don't think they are at their best all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I wonder. I mean, I think maybe because people specialize in something, then they become experts. You know, you know, with that kind of mentality, you get a sense that you need to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think enough people are generalists and yeah. willing to admit that we're just dipping our toes in many yeah, different pools of water yeah, totally agree, and trying yeah. to figure out yeah. the way there, right? And yeah. I guess maybe if people weren't such perfectionists or focusing on specializing in something and being the master, the grandmaster, yeah. we might all live a little better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, um, I think we... A lot of people are just pursuing like there's there's no such thing as perfection. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like yeah. even when it's too perfect, then you start to oh, you know, <laughs> I don't like CDs at a yeah. time. Oh, yeah. you know, they yeah. are yeah. too new. I yeah. go with my records. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No. I mean yeah. it, it art exists, right? Because uh we like distortion, you know, like like yeah. we nobody paints with absolute perfection. I mean there was a point in time you know, where it happened. And then quickly they realized that it was boring. Mm. Yeah. You know, when everything is perfect, you know, like you, you need a little bit of distortion for the sake of imagining, imagining things, you know, mm. like uh, yeah. if it's too perfect and then what is there left to argue, to talk about, to yeah. imagine, to, you know, to correct. There's I nothing to correct anymore. <laughs> I think it's only human. Yeah. yeah. Because I think we're trying to strive for perfection. But we, we yeah. But but having said that, even if it's not perfect, it doesn't mean it has to be bad, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, is, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. There's 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 yeah, yeah. Where do you see yourself moving on with this uh, creative work right now? Like your own, where after what sixteen years, you say like where? Yeah, sixteen. Like sixteen was the painting, but the commercial would be like. In almost 20, yeah. 20, 20 odd mm. years. Yeah. I, I still see myself like, uh, I see myself as a painter. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll still be continuing on like painting and uh, because I do dabble in, in other things like, you know, 
eventually like slowly I'm going to sculpture him. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but it will still be. On but when you paint, what do you look for normally? Because I, when I observe, I follow you on mm. Instagram, and I think you are, you have quite a classical attitude in painting. You know, like yeah, like you are serious about the material. The yes, yes. Uh, the very poetic. Yeah. You know, uh, very lyrical, which is. You know, kind of the classical image of an artist. Mm. Although you know yeah. you are you are living in these times and you play in concave street scream. <laughs> so how do, you know because today you know there's all this conceptual stuff and you know ready mates and performance and all that, which I believe you also can cross very easily. Mm. But yeah. is there a reason why you still are in love with painting and want to continue that? Okay, because um, I think painting is, um, you know, because if you play in a band or anything, I mean, there's just too many people involved. <laughs> so I can paint and draw anytime I want. <laughs> so it's it's really something that uh, again is is um is an island thing again. Yeah. yeah. So you sit down and you know when you just uh, paint your thoughts now mm. because usually I don't have a fixed idea of where what I'm going to do I just feel mm. like oh yeah. today is a good day to paint mm. and I'll just express myself mm. and uh, I'll just go where the colour brings me mm. and it's just like a, it's like a journey I enjoy the journey mm. yeah so the thing is because uh, if, if if you were to put this into like a, a movie of you painting mm. you know, people will be wait, waiting for paint to dry yeah. <laughs> but internally you know you have yeah. this like you know oh you know if I do, if I you know start on this, you know, and, oh, it's something really great now coming up. I can see yeah. it coming up. Man. Okay, if I take my next step, will my next step destroy the whole painting? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it goes on and on again. Yeah, yeah. So you just keep looking for it. Yeah, yeah. keep keep like um trying to get this like um constant uh drive. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it just hits me almost like any other day. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Which is great. It's a, it's a great drive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very rare for me, you know, to to have met someone like you here in Singapore. And I know that you are originally not from Singapore. Yeah. Right? You know, so, and I know that for artists who are not from Singapore, as in born in Singapore, mm. things are tougher. Yes, yes. Because it, it, there's not so many access, you know, uh, as mm. what a local born artist would have. Yes, yes. So how have you dealt with that? Um, I think growing up in uh, Malaysia, mm. uh, because my childhood, till my teens, I was in like, Malaysia mm. until when I was like a young adult then mm. I moved to Singapore. But it definitely the, the kampung vibes, like um, the, the very um, simple mm. way of life. It's mm. probably in, in that era as well. Mm. You know, um, we didn't have much. Mm. So um, it was really pure creativity that mm. you you know, start to do things mm. from like uh, cycling around uh, mm. and doing, seeking out like waterfalls and mm. all those things. Mm. And, uh, and there's a lot of greenery and all. Mm. Yeah, we sneak out and, and, and cycle all the way to the next district. Mm. But as an artist, then moving to Singapore, yeah. working as an artist, you know, I mean that struggle as a foreign artist in mm. Singapore. You know, was that a big thing for you? Um, or was, you didn't care and you wanted yeah, to... Yeah, I was like, it was a total blur. <laughs> I just wanted to leave. And, uh, yeah. and you know, it, of course, we were being young. Yeah. Uh, and and Singapore was like, wow, you know, mm. like it's this like a 
but it's really convenient place mm. like to, mm. to probably like uh, uh, go like uh, and have a drink or a club or mm. something so art was just like a secondary thing you know it's <laughs> another youth you know yeah. I wasn't that focused when I was younger yeah, yeah. yeah. so right now it's like I'm kind of like playing catch up yeah yeah so I wish I was more focused then yeah, yeah so yeah but I guess everything has its has its place so yeah. again no point uh, beating yourself over yeah. things like this yeah. because uh, some things it's just like I think it's just like painting or art mm. it takes time yeah. yeah so there are some things that will happen at the right time mm. yeah if you if you let it be I mean yeah. I'm just curious because you've done this advertising stint as well and I guess in Singapore there would be a lot more people exposed to advertisements than to art and with that knowledge right I mean how have you found the quality of advertising and is there a way to kind of integrate art concepts to make it even better or stuff that you've learned in order to have a conversation about both? Okay, actually right now, right, um, I think the state of like the advertising is, is not as great as a couple of years ago, mm. so say like 10 years ago, because uh, all these creative directors and art directors which I work with Mm. Um, local and both local and international right? mm. uh, I learned quite a lot from them because mm. they, they come from different countries like South Africa you know, mm. and uh, UK you know, but their mindset is really different mm. so they are it's more ideas driven it's a very ideas uh, and they always the, the, the idea is just uh, quite radical in some mm. sense. it's a bit like art really mm. yeah so they themselves are really brilliant um artists themselves mm. if you ask me yeah. yeah some of them were some of them like because they have to make a living right mm. so they actually use art mm. uh, their knowledge of art to to actually uh, put into advertising mm. you know you have to be smart and, uh, and mm. how do you make this happen so mm. it's actually creativity and especially yeah. i think conceptual thinking i remember yes, yes. back then like in the 90s like you know the con- people who think better conceptually seem to be the ones trained in fine arts. Yes. You know, because, yes. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not used to the tools like the computers and everything, but idea generation. Yes, the idea is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if you have a computer or not. Mm. So it's really more of the idea. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you, most of these guys could really draw mm. and paint, mm. especially drawing. I think drawing is a very important part. Uh, yeah. This is like a form of communication. Mm. Just how you write. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, um, then uh, because they usually divide it into art directors and the writers, and the writers are one crazy bunch as well. Mm. Yeah, because writers mm. have got their own kind of uh, thinking, so they always pair the art directors and mm. the writers yeah. as a team mm. for ads, mm. for for which accounts, for accounts. So mm. you, yeah, so these are really smart guys. Yeah, mm. so I really learn a lot from them. Mm. Yeah, and the discipline, and the discipline of uh, uh like trying to crack a brief. Yeah. and uh, delivering it on time and delivering in speeds yeah. yeah yeah and is that something that you think could be applied to the art mm-hmm. scene as well I mean yes I think definitely yeah you yeah. just spoke about this beautiful pairing of the art director and the writer which yeah. makes me think about art writers and critics yes, and yes, curators yeah. and yeah. artists and even you know the way that projects are conceptualized here or mm. installations yeah. yeah, I mean the only thing people might argue, like some artists might argue about, is the fact that 
uh, if you work in advertising, you get paid like a monthly salary or something like that. Whereas in 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 art, you don't really, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, you know, and therefore you suffer more, you know. But then I always feel, and I think you know this very well. I always feel that uh, if an artist plans uh, his or her uh, journey, you know, and make a balance between art for art's sake yeah. and you know art that they make in their in their own way as as well like like you know to 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 be able to bring them some revenue and you know like uh do you think that this is too much of an excuse that artists use all the time like oh yeah but you have a monthly salary no matter how you suffer you don't sleep for how many hours end of the day you get paid you know but artists you don't sleep you don't know whether you still sell the work or get a show but i think these days is like um you know, if you if you don't work, you don't you don't get anything. Even like, if you got a like full stop, you right? Yeah, fire. yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop, right? So the the best thing is to really do, um, do the best yeah. in what you're doing, mm. and just I think a lot of people are just complaining too yeah. much. I I I I always yeah. feel like this whole idea about being a professional, you know, as an artist, mm. there is also a level of yeah. professionalism you need to have. You know, at the most basic is knowing your materials yes, as yes. a professional, yeah. you know, not just knowing a little bit, but really, you know, why brushes must have like, you know, many different sizes and between yes, sometimes yes. one and the next size, like size five and size six. Yeah. It's so little different, but then what for? Do you need like five to six, right? Yeah, might as well yeah. like five to seven or eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But I think they all do make a difference. They all were created with a purpose. Of course. And yeah. of course, with the hindsight of art history mm-hmm. and the people before, the craftsmen before, the masters yeah, before, yeah. who use them, right? So it's to hone, like you say, yeah, commitment and you have to do the work. Yes, yes you, you have know? to do commitment, uh, the, the, the work as well. Like, even like, okay, let's say if you got a monthly pay, right? Mm. Um, but let's say uh, you've got a monthly pay, you're not doing your job well you can get fired as well. yeah, yeah so but for artists who complain that oh you know you have a day job yeah. and you probably have a monthly salary yeah. i think uh we all have to think of a way mm. if you really want to do something seriously like mm. um, then you have to really know like you know uh what is it that i need mm. because you still need to buy good art materials yeah. to produce good yeah. art yeah, yeah uh, uh, of course apart from the mentality and all yeah. that so where do you get the money from? Yeah. You you have to be financially um in uh independent. Yeah. Yeah. To to actually move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why you need to of course sell your work yeah. to, to move yeah. on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. You know? I, I always feel uh and recently I've had a couple of conversations around this, mm-hmm. uh on the roles of different people within the art landscape right so the artist cannot survive by him or herself then you need like the galleries or the art dealer or the curator and then the the uh, uh, art center museums and all this uh it's like this you know like unless artists you can make your art right whatever you want to make and you are one of those guys that can sell ice to Eskimo, then yes. <laughs> you know, otherwise you need to find that person who can sell yes, of course. The, you yeah. know yeah. your painting to the Eskimos, you know, that kind of thing. So you we need to work together. I mean, yeah. although like you said, a lot of the time the process is very lonely. You know, you have to build your own, you have to build a fortress and build 
you're living inside the fortress yeah. but you do want to get out of the fortress once in a while yeah you know and you do need to communicate and in a meaningful way i mean yeah. not just uh for the sake of uh telling people you're still alive and you know you're also cool therefore you do this and that you, yeah. you appear here and there yeah. but you know to have conversations like how all human beings yeah. and all artists would yeah. want Actually, at the end of the day, we, we are still normal human beings, yeah. artists. I mean, you still have to make a living, you still have families, you have people yeah. that you love, that yeah. you care for. I think even yeah. geniuses eat at McDonald's and Burger King and yeah, <laughs> you know, pizza. Yeah, yeah. So we are no yeah. different, I think. So actually, we are no different. Like, uh, yeah, but we are in an industry that we like and we, we think that we could really yeah. you know, move forward with. Yeah. And, you know, we just try and make it better. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think you've reminded us today about this restless nature yeah. of the artist that your mind wouldn't settle on one place and all these qualities of music and advertising and your background and the stories filter into the way you mm. produce work. Yeah. So thank you so much, Abby, yes, for you. joining thank us today. Thank you very much for yeah. having me. It's a nice Saturday, yeah. not too hot. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Yeah. really. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you very much. We'll catch you again yeah. soon. Thank you. Bye.